and welcome to the Epri Current. I'm your host, Samantha Gilman, and I'm joined by Jessica Fox, a conservation biologist and principal technical executive at EPRI, and Kelly Bills, the executive director of Pollinator Partnership. Thank you, ladies, for joining me today. Happy to be here. Thank you. Jessica, tell Thank us you. a little bit about what you do at EPRI. I um I do work at EPRI related to um to the environment the, the environment, environmental research, and I work with electric power companies to kind of consider their relation to all kinds of ecosystem services, including water and biodiversity and soil health. And one of the topics um in the last um five years or so that's really bubbled up is this relationship between electric power companies and pollinators as sort of a special slice of that of that biodiversity area. Great. So this June 19th through the 23rd, we are hosting the Pollinator Power Party. Now, this is the fourth year that we've done this. And each year we have co-hosted the event with the Pollinator Partnership. So Kelly, I'd like to hear a little bit more about what the Pollinator Partnership does and how this collaboration between our two organizations started for the Pollinator Party. Sure. So um, Pollinator Partnership, we're a nonprofit organization. We're based in San Francisco, California, but we do work all across North America to protect all pollinator species. So we're working with managed pollinators and native pollinators and all of the habitats that they interact with and help support. So we're really just working with anyone and everyone that um, you know can play a role in supporting pollinators, whether that's home gardeners, land managers, public and private companies, um, and researchers, really anyone can play a role in supporting pollinators. So we're interacting with a lot of folks in that way. And um, we initiated and started National Pollinator Week back uh, about 17 years ago. And um, we started this, uh, we actually modeled it after the Celebrating Wildflowers Week that the US Forest Service started. And um, since then, it's really just been a time to celebrate pollinators, get people to help raise awareness about the importance that they play in our ecosystems and our food security, um, and really just, just to have fun with a lot of different community and engagement activities. And the Power Party is one of those outlets, which um, has been so fun and really effective at engaging folks over the past few years. So Jessica, how did EPRI get involved in National Pollinator Week then? Yeah, so um, in 2018, we had our first year launching a new initiative at EPRI called the Power and Pollinator Initiative. That is a mix of, um, of some pretty deep technical projects, including developing habitat models and pollinator metrics and field studies and that sort of thing. Um, but it also has um, community engagement and communication elements in it as well. And so in the very first year in 2018, I had sort of asked the group of companies, I said, hey, you know, there's this thing called National Pollinator Week. And how many of you participate? And out of the, oh, we might've had like 25 companies then, maybe there was one that had participated. And I was like, hey, you know, what if we as a group of collaborative power companies got together and we all engaged in National Pollinator Week collectively? 
And so 2018 was the first year EPRI sort of created some shared resources and Kelly and her team, you know, talked to Kelly. I was like, what do you think of this? And she created some things to help help the group um, and came on to some conversations. So it started really with um, with National Pollinator Week as being an, an inspiration um, it, for local activities. Then COVID came around and like so many projects, um, all the place-based in-person things shut down. And, um, and we kind of asked the group, what do you want to do now for National Pollinator Week, given that you can't host things in your community? And this idea of these virtual activities came about. And then the power companies were like, well, if Epri's gonna develop these virtual things, just can you just do it like for everybody? And then we can all just have our people come to your party. And so the idea of the pollinator party kind of was born. And, um, and you know, it wasn't a party at first, it was really technical like what are pollinators? How are they important? But then we wanted to have gardening activities and then wanted it to be fun with some cooking. And then um, we we're sitting around one night and we we're like, it sounds like a party. And then we we're like, well, let's just call it the pollinator power party. And now it's just um, such a popular thing. In the collaboration with Pollinator Partnership and all the companies, and we have sponsors, um, it's just grown into this really grassroots idea into a pretty popular and effective event mm -hmm. for sharing really core science about pollinators, but also inspiring people to understand how they how they personally relate to pollinators and uh, and why we care about them. It's really taken on a life of its own. This is my fourth year working on it um, and even more so the last couple years. And the reach that this party has is just incredible. And we, you know, each day or this year, three of the five days, we have these virtual events where we have these authors or like you said, these chefs. Uh, gardeners talking about pollinators and our relationship with them and all these different aspects. And we all get online together and, you know, people are chatting in the chat about, you know, I, last year we did uh, the Mythbusters where people asked, mm -hmm. you know, all these crazy questions about pollinators and, you know, are mosquitoes a pollinator? And it was so great to watch these scientists talking about pollinators and, you know, making education and knowledge fun. Um, and with that, so Kelly, uh, what is, what is one of the things that you're really looking forward to this year at the party? So this year at the party, I'm looking forward to many things, but, um, I'm excited about kind of the, the progression of the party. I think the way that we do, um, the events throughout the week are really, really smart because we usually start with a little, something a little bit more technical. And this year I'm excited to hear an update on, the status assessment of pollinators in North America, and which actually was um, a National Academy of Sciences study uh, back in 2007. So it's quite, you know, a dated study at this point in time, still very relevant and, and wonderful and really built the foundation for a lot of the emphasis of where pollinator research has, has headed over the past, you know, two decades or so. 
Um, but we're going to get going to get an update um, from the scientists that were involved in that original study. So they can tell us, you know, what has changed? What trends are we seeing now, 20 years later? And I think that's going to be amazing. Obviously, in the um, face of climate change, more extreme weather events, things like that going on, I think um, the trends and, and population changes with pollinators are, are getting exacerbated and becoming more critical to help support them and engage in pollinator conservation. So I would say that's probably the one thing I'm, I'm really excited about amongst others, but to start that one. And so one thing I'll say about the party is, yes, it's a virtual videos, you know, that you watch online and you hear from these great speakers, but it's also participating at home. And we really encourage people to share their photos, their art, their music, their food, whatever it is uh, online with the hashtag power in pollinators so that we can all see what everyone is up to and really bring that community feel. Jessica, what are some of the activities that people can do this year in support of the party and also year round in support um, of the their local pollinators. Yeah, I I really um, love that what you just said, Samantha. As well, is that you know the party we can kind of create a stage and a platform, and that's that's kind of all we can do. Then people have to do something with it and take action in their own community or when their their own companies and that all of that. So. Um, because of that, we have dedicated two days, the so Tuesday and Thursday of the week, to provide participants resources and ideas and, um, and, and also examples throughout the week of what other people, individuals are doing and what other companies are doing to kind of create a little inspiration. So we have, you know, this idea of, of a Bee City USA. We have an expert from Pollinator Partnership showing us about pollinator-friendly gardening that kind of takes, you know, potentially a really big idea into what can I do? So what can I do in my garden? Or what can I do as a power company manager or a very large, um, large land asset manager? We have the Undersecretary of USDA giving a keynote talk this year. Um, and we have experts also giving talks about um, about the kind of climate change and the transition to renewable energy. And what does that mean for pollinators and bringing together two massive global issues, clean energy and pollinators and ecosystem into one conversation. Uh, we're doing that this year on our on our uh, Wednesday, which is focused on solutions. So the week sort of has a story arc talking about the status of pollinators, then Tuesday, go do in your community, Wednesday's solutions. And then when we get to Friday, we're talking about whether bees um, have feelings, whether bees feel like have emotions, can get depressed, and kind of kicks off potentially the next generation of the conversation around is what does that mean for implications for how we manage habitat if we start thinking about the emotions and um, you know the feelings and happiness of bees as individuals. 
And I want to know, you're talking about Wednesday, where we're going to be talking about sort of the intersection of the clean energy transition and conservation um, and how those move forward together. I, I wanted to also mention with that, that our own EPRI president and CEO, Arshad Mansour, is going to give a keynote during that day. Um, so we encourage you to listen in for that as well. Um, Jessica, I'm going to go back to you because I'd love for you to also tell us how the um, how energy companies are participating in the party because you talked about the um, power and pollinators initiative and the energy companies are getting involved to you know learn how conservation or um, how they can incorporate some of this into the land that they own, but how are they participating in the party itself? Yeah. So, I mean, the electric power companies is, I mean, is, is kind of the, you know, the inspiration of why we're doing it. They asked for EPRI to help them communicate with their local communities, with their shareholders, with their investors, their board of directors, that sort of thing about um, why pollinators are important and then help them tell their stories. So power companies, um, that's one thing that, that I've learned, actually. I, You know, over the years, you just keep hearing these stories about a company that's doing something that they haven't communicated or put on their website or something like that. And I sit back and I'm like, gosh, you know, it's really a remarkable set of land, the habitat, the raw number of acres and hectares that electric power companies are actually doing conservation projects on. Um, is impressive. It really is impressive. Um, it's not perfect all the time, obviously, and that's part of our power and pollinator initiative. But they are they are sharing the party with their customers um, and their employees. And if if all the companies just share it with their employees alone, you know, you're talking millions of people, right? Um, right there, and they they help to elevate it on social media and get their stakeholders engaged. So. Um, yeah, I mean, that's sort of driving some of the energy ar around uh, the party and power companies, you know, are every county, every city, you know, across North America. So you, you end up having a very large reach potential for helping to communicate some uh, some fundamental science about pollinators and, and ecosystems. And speaking of you know, how people can get involved with the party or just involved in general. Kelly, tell us a bit about the resources available from the Pollinator Partnership in general, but also the ones uh, that we've sort of flagged for our uh, party participants. Sure. So at pollinator.org, our organization's website, uh, we have lots of educational resources available for free for download. Um, for printing on your own, for use however however you'd like. Um, we have a lot of resources about uh, selecting plants for pollinators. So based on where you are locally, what your region is, your city, state, et cetera, um, you can find lists of native, native and appropriate seeds, um, species for pollinators and for planting. So we have our eco-regional planting guides uh, where you can put in your zip code on our website and get directed to a particular list for your area. 
We also have um, what we call garden recipe cards. And these are a really fun kind of high level, um, you know, what, it, what are the ingredients that you need to be able to start a pollinator garden? So that's a really fun one. Um, and in the past with EPRI, we have uh, co-created a couple of resources, which have been really great. We have a North American bee identification tool, which is really fun. You can use it really at any level of you know scientific understanding with kids and even up to um, you know graduate level students. Um, and then we also have a we did last year a Lepidoptera resource, which is all about butterflies and moths, how to tell them apart, uh, what their conservation status is, and and how you can support them. And then this year, I'm really excited because we're coming out with a new resource that's all about climate change and pollinators. So as we mentioned, you know, Jessica mentioned the, the obvious and real strong connection between power companies, renewable energy, and climate change. This is all also related to pollinators. Pollinators are negatively impacted by climate change, but also they and their habitats can help combat climate change. So the more we support them, the better, you know, the overall planetary health is going to be. I really appreciate you both joining me today on the EPRI Current to give us a little preview of the Pollinator Power Party and want to give you an opportunity for any final thoughts. Kelly? Yeah, I would just say we're so excited to celebrate uh, during Pollinator Week with you. Um, this is a time for you to, you know, get started, get engaged, but we hope that you stay engaged. Uh, both EPRI and Pollinator Partnership have many resources for you to help support pollinators in your daily lives. So thanks for participating and looking forward to it. Great. Jessica, anything to add? I just wanted to also share that EPRI has a whole host of research related to pollinators and to check our website at epri.com forward slash pollinators if you're interested in more information or to, to get linked up to the party information. Great. Well, thanks again. Um, and I want to say thank you to our listeners. I hope that you join us this year for the Pollinator Power Party, June 19th through the 23rd. You can find out more information at epri.com or more information at epri.com forward slash pollinators or at pollinators.org. That's it for today. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks, everyone. If you like today's show, we invite you to subscribe to our podcast and feel free to share the podcast with your colleagues and friends. For more information about EPRI, please visit our website at www.epri.com. And don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter at EPRI News. Together, we are shaping the future of energy.